How I showed up at work was literally saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. No matter what it was, no matter if I was already like 200% overfilled on the plate, I would still say yes. Because I felt like if I said no, that no would then be my demise. I would lose everything. That was what I was, that was what I was assuming and thinking. And how I saw myself was that even though, you know, I did good over here, mm-hmm. well, tomorrow, if I don't do well, then that's just gonna tear down my whole reputation, my brand, like everything will be for nothing. So I always saw myself as not doing enough, not saying yes enough, even though I'm saying yes to everything. Just unreasonable, just just irrational thinking. <laughs> I was just irrational. And I, I have no idea how I lived in that for so long, that level of chaos and thinking that uh-huh. if I don't do all of this stuff, no matter how that leaves me feeling at the end of the day, Mm-hmm. then I'm nothing. I'm not enough. Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host, Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self-care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over $10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Why She's Winning, uh, where we are looking to create. Get that hair in order. Hold on. Y'all know I'm cute. (laughs) Uh, We are looking to create and normalize women asking for what they desire. So today I have as my guest, the amazing Crystal Johnson. So Crystal right now is the director of diversity, equity and inclusion and a business partner at Nike. All right, N-I-K-E, not some bootleg, it's the actual company because she's a rock star. So she's also the founder and CEO of Ruffin and Johnson Homes. Okay, girl, she getting her investment on. I'm reading your business off of LinkedIn, so it's public knowledge. I ain't telling all your business in these streets. Um, she's also the founding and founder and managing partner of the DEI Coach. Crystal has worked with amazing companies such as Electronic Arts, Bosch, Lumen Technologies, and Pandora. Absolute rock star. What was the nickname I gave you? What was the fairy? I call her the. What, what did I give Queen you? Fairy Queen C. Yes, Fairy Queen C. I mm-hmm. got wings and yeah. everything, y'all. I'm not, I'm not pulling them out, though. Yeah, yeah. She sprinkles her fairy dust on everything and everybody. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much, Christy. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Hey, everybody. All right, I'm moving my cameras around. I'm trying. Can you hear me clearly? Because my microphone is all the way over there. But you know I talk loud. All right. I can't. I got, <laughs> my, I got a new camera. See how it's doing me right now? We live. It's like very clear. Much. We're not going to use this camera no more. Yeah, it's cute. Okay. So, <laughs> Crystal, tell the uh, tell the audience a little bit about, you know, before we started working together, what was going on where you were like, you know what? I need to, I need to change something. What was what was going on? And and the reason why I want to do this with high achieving women is that, you know, I want you to tell all your business, which we talked about already. But, you know, we 
always think that we need to walk around and be perfect because we have these strong brands. And I don't want you to go all the way back because we ain't doing that today. But I do want to share, you know, we all have something. We're all going through something. We all have challenges regardless of what our external appearances look like. And a lot of women suffocating in our success. So um, so what were some of the things that were going on where you're like, you know what? I need to change. I need to do something different. Child, I was raggedy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> real raggedy. Um, I think when people saw me, they would think, oh, Crystal has it all together. She has all the answers. And behind the curtain, it was just raggedy, just stuff everywhere. It was not good. And actually, coming into coaching, I didn't have the self-awareness that I needed coaching or that I needed to talk to someone. I was actually talking to my leader and she was telling me, oh, my goodness, you did such a great job. Like all these people gave you all these compliments. And I'm just sitting there like, but I didn't do enough. I could have done this, that and the third. It wasn't perfect. I made a mistake here and da da da. And she was like, what? <laughs> she was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not understanding why it is that you are speaking this way about yourself and not being kind to yourself because you're a rock star. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. it's good to hear that from you, but like all these other things that I said to bring myself down. And then even up until that point, I chased perfection. To me, perfection was real. Yeah. It was possible. It was just something that everybody chased. I'm like, isn't everybody's hair on fire? And in all yeah. actuality, everyone's <laughs> hair is not on fire. Um, but going back to that leader, she actually referred me to you, Christy. I had been uh, watching you on LinkedIn for a while, uh, but I didn't dare click on your website because <laughs> you were you were being really truthful and like calling people out. And I said to myself, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, yeah, but when yeah. my leader suggested, because she had actually worked with you in the past, I jumped on the call, had the conversation with you, and you had me in tears on the very first call, the discovery call, not even the real coaching, <laughs> the, the discovery call. So yeah, it was, I was a mess. Okay. So great. You publicly admitted you was raggedy. Great. I wasn't going to take you there, right? But I love it. I love me. <laughs> raggedy <laughs> so so the the thing about being raggedy is that i used to be raggedy that's how i know what a raggedy person sounds like you'd be like oh girl you need some help you know we can help you I always be like this you know we can help you right um so what was it when when you say i was calling you out what were some of the things that i was saying that was hitting you like oh my god this lady what what were some of those things because i try to be transparent in my story because i want Oh, Sarah's funny because I want women to see themselves in what I did because high achieving women, we do the exact same thing. We do say to the T. So what were some of the things that uh, that I was saying that that you felt called out on? Yeah. So I shared with you like how I grew up, that I'm adopted, that I'm the baby, that, you know, my parents expected all of these things from me, although you know, they gave me what it was that they could. Um, they didn't graduate from high school even. So they gave mm -hmm. me all that they could. And they were always like, well, if you get good grades, you do this and, you know, just chase perfection and everything will be great. You'll have everything that you want. And we didn't grow up with 
with a lot. So over the years, I've taken those messages that I received from my parents of being perfect, mm -hmm. of working hard, no matter how hard you have to work, keeping mm -hmm. your head down, those different messages, and then just not having a lot. I ended up working so hard and working myself in the ground so much that I, what you called out was that I felt like I didn't have enough and that I wasn't mm -hmm. going to have enough or I was going to lose everything that I had. And that was the, mm -hmm. the driving force behind why I was so raggedy and behind mm -hmm. why I just kept trying to chase perfection and do mm -hmm. everything and um, reach everyone's expectations, whatever they were, mm -hmm. even if they were unrealistic. And this was at work and in my private life where I just mm -hmm. felt like if I don't do this, then I'm going to lose everything. And mm -hmm. when you called that out, the tears were just like straight ugly cry off, funeral cry. <laughs> it was real bad. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. Are you a crier? Actually, I actually am a crier, but not in okay, public. Good. I yeah. will cry by myself, but I won't cry in front of a lot of people. But it's, it's almost like I couldn't even hold it. <laughs> and that continued even through coaching where I couldn't even yeah. hold the tears. It's, it's like I didn't even care anymore about who saw me cry or why I was crying. I was just like, I need to release this because it's heavy on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so what's funny is, Crystal, I wrote down is like, you see me. And that's the thing is that we're walking around and I was talking to somebody this morning. We're suffocating in our success and people are applauding it. They're like, keep going, girl. You're doing so good. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. And you're suffocating on dry land. People are applauding you, standing around applauding your demise. Yes. Does that make sense? And and so I saw you and I was like, you know, we can help you. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, somebody sees me. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for seeing me. I needed to be seen seriously because <laughs> raggedy y'all raggedy. So talk, talk to the listeners about, because you already know that we are a product of our environment and a large part of the challenges that we have today is from the programming from our parents. Right. And you talked about, they said, work hard and, you know, keep your head down. How did that affect how you showed up at work, regardless of, the impressive background that you had, because you're doing this at all these big companies and you're making an impact. So what was going on as you're working and you're getting these awards? Cause I know you got a million of them. I'll still be reading them right now with regard to how you saw yourself. How I showed up at work was literally saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. No matter what it was, no matter if I was already like 200% overfilled on the plate, I would still say yes, because I felt mm -hmm. like if I said no, that no would then be my demise. I would lose everything. Mm. That was what I was, that was what I was assuming and thinking. And how I saw myself was that even though, you know, I did good over here, mm -hmm. well, tomorrow, if I don't do well, then that's just going to tear down my whole reputation, my brand, like everything will be for nothing. So I always saw myself as not doing enough, not saying yes enough, even though I was saying yes to everything. Just unreasonable. Just
just irrational thinking. <laughs> I was just irrational. And I, I have no idea how I lived in that for so long, that level of chaos and thinking that uh -huh. if I don't do all of this stuff, no matter how that leaves me feeling at the end of the day, mm -hmm. then I'm nothing. I'm not enough. So really it's, you know, it's what Kathy and I talked about last week. You're in survival mode. All the time. And, and I remember telling you, it don't matter how much money you make, it won't be enough. Cause you didn't feel like you ever had enough. You could be making, you can make $2 million and you wouldn't, it would not compute in your mind that you've made it. Mm -hmm. So chasing perfection, right? And, and living in survival mode is how a lot of, and I ain't gonna say a lot, but a lot of women that I talk to, that's how we made it. <laughs> we running from something. Yeah. We're running from something and we're running and we're making money and we're getting these degrees and we're checking these boxes so we don't have to go back to something. And, and so you run so far so long that you forgot why you even running. Cause you made it. You never stop to collect the things that you've done. So when do you rest? Facts. Facts. And it's like, I've seen this quote on Instagram, like several times. It's like, remember that you're living in the dream that you prayed mm -hmm. for before. And it's like, wait a minute. Yes. If I just take a moment to just pause, I achieved what I set out to achieve a long time ago, like five achievements ago, I've already done it already. <laughs> but for some reason, because of, you know, the expectations that are placed on us in the institutions that we work in, as well as just our families in general, our friend group, we feel like we have to keep going. Like the hustle is the mm -hmm. thing. Like you just have to keep mm -hmm. hustling. If you aren't hustling, then what are you doing? And that's just, it's irrational. It's irrational. I, I love how you can laugh about it now because this was this is no laughing matter because a lot of women are there. Yeah. And and to see the insanity of what we created, because we blame other people, of course, is them. They're working us to death. They're giving us too much to do. They won't stop asking me. Um, what what was one thing, or I would say what was the biggest aha moment? And I know you have like a culmination, but what was the one thing that clicked in your head that that made a difference or the one habit where you said, I can now rest. Yeah. I think the aha moment to me was that I don't have to live this way. Like realizing, so when it comes to like self-care in general, I feel like I was so, I was soothing myself. So I was like, I have to go mm -hmm. out into the world. I have these relationships with these people, whether it's my family my friend group at work. I have to deal with all of these things. They're going to come towards me anyway. Like I, I have to accept them. I have to be standing here. I can't set boundaries around them. So what I have to do for self-care is actually soothe myself. So do I go get a massage? Do I sit in quiet? What, what is it that I'm going to do to soothe myself from all this mm -hmm. stuff that I'm experiencing from all of these people? What I realized through coaching is, I don't got to do that. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have to have a relationship with you, whether you're my family, whether you're my friend, whether you're even like in my professional circle, I don't have to have a relationship with you. I don't have to 
accept heavy stuff from you. I don't have to accept you dumping on me. Like, I don't have to accept any of that. That is self-care. Self-care is saying I'm worth more and I'm not dealing with this. And I think that was the biggest aha moment. It's like, no, you don't have to stand there and like take on all these people's stuff. You can set a boundary and teach people how to treat you. And that is your self-care. You shouldn't need, it's nice to get massages. It's nice to have champagne. It's nice to go on staycations, but you should not be doing all of that stuff to like release yourself from all the other crap that's going on in your life. Like you need to release yourself from those people that are bringing you that terrible vibe that are bringing, just, just bringing mm-hmm. you down altogether. Woo. I, I had to stop dancing. I started sweating under my light. It's real. It's, it's super small now. <laughs> If y'all didn't catch what she said, she said, I don't have to live this way. That is the revelation of like the millennium because we feel like we can't stop. We have to listen to people complain and dump on us for commonality. No, (laughs) or for friendship or for relationships. If I don't stop and listen to her going through what she's going through, she's not going to like me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I, I told this guy the other day he was trying to kick it at the grocery store, you know, because I'm cute, right? And <laughs> I like to run game on people. You are I'm real cute. But, <laughs> thank you, ma'am. You look fine, too. So, but uh, this, <laughs> don't let your wife get on here and get me. I was just, I'm just giving her a compliment as a coach that she looks great. Okay, great. I'll Let's move on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but he was talking, and I like to be respectful to people who want to have a conversation with me up to a certain point. And so when he got to the point, I was like, you know what? This conversation is creating pain for me. That's my new thing. <laughs> he was like, and Crystal, I don't remember what happened. He magically disappeared from my existence. I was like, yeah, this conversation is creating pain for me. That's my that's my indication that it's time for me to leave because I don't have to stand here and talk to you. I don't have to. We don't Mm-mm. we don't have to put up with that. So talk to us about you said your girlfriends when you get healed. And I'm, I'm we're not um, I'm not bashing women. Right. Because a lot of us I used to go through stuff. And before I had felt down, if you would have told me that I needed to change, I probably would have punched you in the face because you I'd be like, yeah, my face. I'm winning. Um, so how does that change, you know, your transformation? Cause you look completely different. I'm gonna need my before and after picture though. But, um, how does it change your perception and how we, you know, how other women are showing up? Because once you start thriving, you start to see most women are one click away from crazy and, and are just there in survival mode. So what have you seen in, in other women? Raggediness. The same level of raggedy that I had, if not worse, and being raggedy. Just people who, or my friends, who will Mm -hmm. spend hours upon hours talking about the same thing. The same situation that they've been in forever, that they said they're going to leave, whether it be like a partner or a job. Just continue to reel Mm -hmm. about it. 
like over and over and over again and not actually have this um, mindset of abundance of where I don't have to, I don't have to stand, mm-hmm. I don't have to stand here. I'll take this. I can actually do this instead. I think what I had to stop myself from doing with my friends initially before I, you know, felt like I was in a healed space was not try to solve their problems because I couldn't take mm-hmm. on their healing and my healing at the same time. So one of the things that I have done is shared your book, Shameless Plug, uh, Trauma oh, Default so with some of my mm-hmm. friends, even with my sister and was like, hey, like, take a look at this book, read it. And I feel like they got a lot out of it. So when I couldn't be there for them to like sit in it with them, I'm like, read this girl and see how it helps you. Um, And what I've continued to do is just share some of the things that I've learned, try to help them to shift their mindset, to think about what can they do? What is the solution? Not what is the problem? Like, how long can we reel about this? How long am I going to stress about it? But what Mm -hmm. is the solution? to the thing yep. that I'm, I've been complaining about for years, probably. <laughs> so <laughs> that's been mm-hmm. helpful for a lot of people that I've been around, but then there have been people that I had to let go. People mm-hmm. that would not want to hear that they're raggedy. <laughs> people who don't want to hear, I'm in a different mind space. I can't sit mm-hmm. here and allow you to dump on me in this way because you're bringing me down. Like my vibe is up here and you bringing me all the way down here, girl. So I'm gonna need you to get get it together. Still respect all of my friends, love them dearly. And I think that we all go through our own journey. However, it's important to recognize that if something is bringing you down, then you have to separate yourself from it and really just wish them well on their journey going forward. I mean, you're gonna be able to help who you can help and those who you can't. You just can't. That it goes back to perfection. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do everything. I can't fix everything. Um, but I can try to connect you with the tools that you need to try to shift your mindset and get better. Ooh, that's good. Mm, that's good. Like, you know, and it's not, at Dorian, I want you to expand on the question that you asked, how pressure plays on them, how the pressure plays on them. And here's the thing. If I wake up in the morning, I'm having a great day. I had a friend who called me balling, 8.30 in the morning. I'm having a perfect perky day. I had my coffee and she was balling. <laughs> you know, hey, look, Chris, about something we talked about four times already. So I was like, hey, man, look, uh, I'm not that friend for you. You dump them. I'm having a great day. That is selfish. <laughs> I'm not going to take on your energy and your negativity in this moment because you didn't take action on what we've talked about four times. Four times. So if you want to cry, mm-hmm. call so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Now, if you want to solve this thing, and if you really want to take action, which one do you want? Let's talk about it. She said, uh, 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 I want to change it. I said, okay, well, call me back in 10 minutes and we're going to create a game plan. She called me back 10 minutes. We set up the plan. 12 o'clock, she's sitting at her desk in her power suit. We carried a plan. She executed it at five. So, and and this is, but this is the thing, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about taking breaks, we're going to get to taking breaks, but th- there is something that has to happen before you even give yourself permission to take a break because that sounds so elementary and it's not. So it's your responsibility to manage your energy and we can't keep 
blaming other people for blowing a hole in our whole day because I'm going to have a terrible day if I take that that energy on. Can you explain just a little bit more about that? Because, you know, <clears throat> maybe I should have called this, you know, I don't know what this is going to be until we get into it. But the but the power of self-care when it comes to friends and what we're responsible for, like you're responsible for your energy. And I give to my friends, but to a certain point. Does that make sense? Can you explain mm -hmm. a little bit more about that? Yeah, I feel like before I before I was healed, I would give everything to everybody. So I ended up being a shell of myself. So for all these years, I've given and given and given and poured and poured and poured into people. And then obviously 2020 happened. We were all there. We don't have to go back. Um, but doing the work that I do in the DEI space, it got even worse. Like I just was pouring, 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 pouring. Like I was so exhausted. I was literally a shell of myself. I was walking around in a body, but it was mm -hmm. like my soul wasn't there. Like I just, what my heart wasn't in it anymore. I just couldn't, couldn't deal. I was literally on the phone with people who were complaining about something for, you know, the fourth time at least. And just like sitting there listening, obviously taking it on but just not even listening, just mm -hmm. like just sitting there empty. And it mm -hmm. was heartbreaking to see myself mm -hmm. go from being energetic and happy in the life of the party to just like nothing. Like I just felt wasted away. And after going mm -hmm. through coaching, I feel more clear about the type of energy that I want around me the type of people that I want around me and what those people have to be focused on. So like I said before, like being solution oriented, having an abundance mindset, or at least having the ability to get there. Mm -hmm. Those mm -hmm. are the types of people that I want around me. So if I'm around a person who isn't lifting me up or we're not mutually lifting one another up in some sort of way, mm -hmm then that's not a relationship that I can be a part of. And yeah, it's hard to tell somebody that, hey, I know we've been friends for X amount of time, but this is the transformation that I've gone through. And this is just mm -hmm. not a healthy space for me. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm able to give. And it doesn't seem like it's what you need right now. Maybe you need X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. Still love you, but I'm going to prioritize myself. And that's not just friends. That's family too. Mm -hmm. anybody. It doesn't yes. matter who the person is. You have to be willing to mm -hmm. put yourself first. And I actually mm -hmm. read another book recently that really just summed it up for me. It's called um, Heart Talk by Cleo Wade. And I listened mm -hmm. to it on Audible because, you know, I don't like flipping pages, even though I flipped your pages. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it on Audible. And yeah. It was like um, like every single section she went through and she writes kind of like you do, like in story form of like, you know, yeah. this situation. Boom, boom, boom. So I love the book and it really helped me to think about the fact that it's it's fine to put yourself mm -hmm. first. It's not mean. Mm -hmm. It's not selfish. It's not any of those things, because what you're trying to do is put good out into the world. You're trying to be positive. You're trying to have good vibes only. And if the people around you aren't doing that, if they aren't um, able to live in that way, then you just have to separate mm -hmm. 
yourself. And again, it, it's not always pleasant. Sometimes it hurts, but you know, it is what it is. I've even had some people disconnect from me and then try to come back later. And I'm just like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I, I love all the energy that you putting out because you're so absolute and definite, right? Napoleon Hill says definiteness of decision requires courage, sometimes very great courage. So you're definite in how you want to feel. Now you become responsible for getting to what you decided you're going to do. So um, what's one, one action that the, the ladies and gentlemen can take to be able to, to come out of being raggedy and into, you know, how can they get a little bit of air? Because it takes a lot. Like, did you did you understand? Completely separate question. We'll come back to that. But yeah. did you understand the layering of the work that it took to get to where you are right now? And I always say that you already have peace. Somebody told me this morning she was looking for peace. I'm like, you know, you have peace. It's just buried under stuff. Like you have happiness. You have joy. You have love. You, you, you have these things. They're just under stuff. So give a little bit of insight into the layering process that it takes to get to freedom, because I don't want to psych people out and be like, oh, it's one thing. No, ain't no hack. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got to go back. Like, well, like we talked about in the beginning, your yeah. upbringing makes such an impression on you. And it makes an impression even when you don't think you know even when you think that your childhood was amazing, you think, oh, my parents were great. They did everything they could. I was not abused. There's still stuff that's there that's existing. There are experiences that you've had that have had an impact on you and how you show up today. So it takes a lot to go back there, especially if you're like me and you're like, yeah, I don't remember anything. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> everything was great. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I have no idea. Like you actually have to do digging to understand what did I experience growing up? What types of messages was I sent directly and indirectly? How have the relationships that I've been in contributed to how I show up today? And am I willing to look myself in the face in the mirror and say, I need help? I'm raggedy. Like, am I going to hold myself accountable or am I going to continue to say, as you said before, Christy, that it's everybody else's problem? Everybody else is doing all these things to me and I'm just a victim of my circumstances. And you aren't a victim of your circumstances. There is so much that you can do to be free, but you have to be willing to take accountability for your stuff. And you have to be willing to just take a look back and be honest with yourself about what you've experienced, how that may have impacted you and how it's impacting how you show up right now. So I love it. Let's talk about the imposter syndrome right quick, right? Because uh, I remember when we first started talking, he was like, I can't remember what happened before I was six. I was like, oh really? You know, I get curious because a lot of times, you know, when we talk about career coaching. And yes, I love the career part, but what's the point of getting the money if you're still crazy, 
What's the point of getting the money if you're still in survival mode? Because who you are now, you're going to take that person into the next opportunity that you have. And so talk about the imposter syndrome, you know, what you thought it was in the beginning, because it's a corporate term that's that's thrown around and what you understand it to be now. Yeah, I think then back then I felt like imposter syndrome was real. And I felt like it was all the people around me who were in higher positions of power, who set these unrealistic expectations, who did all of these things to me to make me feel like I was an imposter, that it didn't have anything to do with me and how I saw myself, that it just it didn't have anything to do with anything. Like I was just like, oh, it's them. It's not me. Now, I don't even feel like imposter syndrome is a thing. And I credit Jodi Ann Bury, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, um, with that and her TED Talk. So if you haven't listened to it, please go ahead and take, take a look at it. But at this point, I'm like, is this real or nah? Like I'm not, I have the power right now to make decisions for myself. Yes, environments can be terrible. People can be horrible. They can set unrealistic expectations. They can do all the things that I was just talking about. However, now I'm just like, but I have power too. I'm not gonna lose everything if I say no. I can easily go find another job tomorrow. Do you know who you are? Like, it's just kind of just like, wait, am I going to allow other people to tell me what it is that I can do, where it is that I can be, how far I can grow, how much money I can make? Am I going to allow somebody else to tell me that? Or am I going to lean on myself and my own power, bet on myself? And then we don't even have to have this conversation about feeling like an imposter because I belong there. And I have the power to make the decisions about where it is that I want to be, how it is that I want to show up and how I want to feel and get rid of the rest of the stuff that's not, you know, serving me. Woo. Yes. Uh, Christian Rutherford ain't running for president, uh, Mr. Benny Randall, but we're good. Uh, so you said something powerful because you said, I'm not going to lose everything tomorrow if I say no. And so so many women are volunteer victims. I'm like, you you a hostage. You a volunteer hostage <laughs> in your job because you're putting up with working three times as hard, getting all these projects, but you're saying yes. And you and in your mind, whether what they're not realizing, it goes back to being in survival mode. If I say no, I'm gonna get fired. If I ask for a raise, they're going to fire me and I'm gonna lose everything. Like that fear is what's holding you uh, to where you are to not even ask for a raise. If I ask my boss for a raise, he's going to get mad and he's going to fire me and lose everything tomorrow. <laughs> yes. My thing was, I was like, if I get fired, like if I do this, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to be without a home. I'm going to be living on the street. Like I just, it was so extreme and just so irrational. And it's like, if that's how you're thinking right now, that if you say no, or if you stand up for yourself, if you set boundaries, if you are assertive, 
that somehow the world, your whole world is going to come crashing down, just stop. Stop it. It's irrational. You are driving yourself mad for no reason, for no reason at all. If someone cannot understand that you are setting a boundary, a clear boundary, a healthy boundary for them, that's on them. That's not on you. That's so good. Y'all got to let us know if y'all have any questions. We have about nine minutes left. Okay. So, all right, Regaria, guilty. Um, hey, Regaria, girl. <laughs> uh talk to talk to the um the listeners about the power of a group of women of you know because i talk to women and i don't really publicize all the time that we have a group coaching program because some women are just completely against it because yeah. they've been in bad groups so you know give me your insight because you got excited when it regary lit up because we know regary she's amazing of the power of being around like-minded women who are, you know, we're looking to be better. What are your thoughts around that? Listen, that group, let me tell you, <laughs> was amazing. Everyone in the group was completely supportive. Everyone in the group was completely open to being transparent about what they had experienced the outcomes they had seen, they were transparent about being accountable to themselves. They were transparent about like their home life, work life, like everyone was just completely open. And I think for me, and I'm not going to go into detail. I know Christy, you don't want to go into detail, but being in that group, I had no idea what my earning potential was. Just no clue. I thought I thought I knew. But then after being in the group, I was like, well, wait a minute, I can ask for that. Is that even reasonable? Is someone going to actually say yes to that? Does that happen? So being in the group allowed me to better understand what was what were the possibilities that were out there that were outside of anything I could ever think of or even people in my friend group, because I went to the group. You're talking about numbers. We all throw our numbers out there. I'm like, oh, wait, OK. I'm going to do that. Then I talked to my friend about it. One of my friends that I respect a lot, like she's my favorite. She's been in HR forever. And I told her, I said, well, I think this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is what I'm going to ask for. And she said, good luck with that. And I was like, wasn't expecting that from her, but okay. <laughs> but I said, I'm still going to ask. I'm like, there were like, 10 women on this call. We're all convinced. We know like we are living in an abundance mindset. We're like, we're going after it. X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I respect this person. Yes. I know them personally, but I'm going to go with these 10 women over here and see what happens. And I came out on top, just sticking with what it was that I felt like I knew based on those relationships with the women who were there in group coaching. So if you're thinking about group coaching and you feel like you're not going to have enough time with the facilitator or with the trainer, Christy, or whomever, if you feel like um, being in a group is going to make you too vulnerable, too naked, do it anyway. It's, it's a great experience and you learn so much from other people that you could not possibly learn all of it just in a one-to-one -one coaching environment. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. So the last question, 
is talk to us about you because what we got to in the end, right? After we've cleaned you up, dusted you off, you got the new uh, amazing opportunity that you're in right now. Uh, not leaving the old behind, stepping into the new. Now it comes to taking breaks. And that was like something that, you know, always like to focus on what was the hardest habit for you to create <laughs> in the end after you're free. So talk to us about, you know, the, the, the habit and the need for, um, you know, setting those boundaries and taking breaks. Yeah. The first thing I'll say is I'm not perfect y'all. So there are still times where I don't, I set a boundary or not a boundary, but a, a time for a break and I go over it. So perfection isn't real. <laughs> I just want to lay that down really quick. Um, but the thing that I've been able to do is just set specific times where I'm going to be online or not online. Um, I work a certain set of hours. If it's a regular day, obviously, if there are important priorities that come up, yes, you're going to work longer. You're going to have to do a bit more than you would normally do. But I have set start and finish hours, especially when it comes to Fridays. I'm not going to be online forever just for anyone to ping me to ask me to do anything in the world after five o'clock. Um, I set times for breaks during the day, especially for meditation. And that's another thing that I learned a lot about in session as well is taking that time to pause and actually meditate and breathe because you would not even realize how many times per day if you just are um, intentionally tracking that you're not breathing. You're literally, you're literally sitting there not breathing because you are so caught up in whatever it is that you're trying to achieve or be perfect around. So setting like a couple of times a day where I literally meditate and I, I use Headspace. There are obviously very many um, apps online as well. Calm is good too, as things that you can leverage to meditate. I actually use Peloton too. Shout out to Peloton. Uh, <laughs> but it's really awesome to take that time during the day and say, I'm going to take five minutes here and there. This is when my lunch is going to be. This is when I'm going to start and finish. And then also making time for yourself to get the things done you need to get done throughout the day, too. Because I know I'm not the only person who will look at your calendar and you're like, man, I'm in meetings back to back to back to back to back all day. So you actually have to set time for yourself to actually do the work that you need to do as well during the day. Otherwise, that will require that on the back end, you're working after hours. And that's something that I used to do. I would be on calls from nine to six, and then I would do work, the things that I couldn't do because I was on the phone all day after work. And then I would be sitting in my office until 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And my wife would be snoring in the bed by the time I got down there. So <laughs> you want to make time for the people that you love. So you have to set up your day in a way where you can get your work done and also take the breaks that you need in order to show up uh, in a way that really shows your power and your light and what you're able to do and how you're able to add value. I feel like I just rambled, but. No, that was good. That was good. No, <laughs> and because we're coming time to the end. Your sugar's low. You need you need a snack. Um, <laughs> I didn't drain your I didn't drain your head. You need to meditate. So uh, last question. But here's the thing. I remember 
Uh, go Yolanda. So I appreciate everybody um, sharing their con the comments. I appreciate y'all joining us and learning from this amazing DNI icon. Let's be clear. We're on the line with an icon, Queen Fairy C. We're gonna have to get you in your wings. So I, I remember when we were talking because anytime you walk into a new organization or a new opportunity, you have to like work, work, work to prove, prove, prove and do all these things. And so you were starting to get stressed out again. And we talked about put some times on your calendar and send reminders for you to breathe. Like you got to mm -hmm. set that on your clock. Otherwise the day is going to pass and it's going to be over or set the times like clear times when you will and will not work. And again, it's not perfect, but at least you have something to shoot towards. Yes. And surprisingly, people respected it. Like when mm -hmm. you set the boundary, people said, OK, when you said I'm going to eat lunch from this time to this time because you're still virtual, do not call me. They said, OK. So what was the power of that as we close out to this lady? Um, <laughs> this is funny because you're going to love it. And I, I ain't, I, I'm laughing because of my non-response, but she asked me a question on an article like a week ago and was like, is my organization responsible for my mental health? And, and should they, they should want to be responsible because of the insurance. I have not been able to craft a proper response to that question. Cause lady, you just got to follow me a little bit longer. Cause I, I don't believe in that. So what is, what are your thoughts around it? What's the piece of advice that you can give people around when you set the boundary, people were respected, but we ain't doing it and then blaming them for crossing a line that we haven't even drawn. Yeah. So to her question, I think your organization should care about your mental health, of course. But if they don't, the person who is ultimately responsible is you for your own mental health. So you have to think about the things that you need, how you want to experience work. How is it that you want to feel? What are the boundaries that you want to set? Like, what are good times for you and times that aren't good? And maybe you do like account for, you know, very important meetings that happen at certain points during the day. But you have to make time for you. You have to center yourself. And then anything else, anybody else that cares about your mental health is a, is a bonus. So, like I said, yes, they should care, of course. But ultimately, it is all on you. Set the boundaries. And then watch them work, because when you tell people how to treat you, then they will do it. And if they don't want to do it, that's fine. Bye. <laughs> that's it. Like, I don't at this point, I'm like, it's a no brainer. But before, if I would have heard someone say this to me, I would be like, yeah, right. That's not even possible. I'm gonna get fired and be without a home tomorrow if I did that. And it's like, no, you actually aren't. I'm going to be, they going to come take everything tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Exactly. And Chrissy, I know that we are over time, but I want to shout out yeah. my friend, Brittany Janae, who uh, launched her liberated love notes. And I want to read one of them. And because we were talking about taking a break today, the liberated love notes that I got for today. I, like those. I, I love those. A little bright, but it is. My power is infinite. My energy is not. I deserve rest. I'm owed rest. I do not need to earn rest so mm. you don't need to earn it you deserve it rest 
She was out of stock when I tried to get mine. Tell Brittany to stop playing. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> click on this thing. I need, I, I need me some Brittany. of them love notes. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> all right, sir. Well, great. Thank you so much. Uh, what's, what's the Liberated Love Notes uh, website? So it is BrittanyJanae.com. And she has several different products. She actually has a sweatshirt that says America doesn't deserve black people that I love oh. uh, and the liberated love notes. Okay. Uh, so thank you so much, Crystal. If y'all want to get a little bit more insight on what we do, you can get my free case study at changenowwithchristy.com. But I do want to thank this icon for sharing her wisdom, her insight, her amazing queen, fairy sea energy with the world. Um, thank you so much, Crystal. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We will see y'all next Friday. Thanks, everybody. Thank, thank you. you thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now, all one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.